And welcome back to the Skin Special, the show where we talk about the products and treatments my dermatologist in Gangnam loves and where I spill the tea on all things Korean skincare and Seoul's beauty industry. So if that sounds like a thing, make sure you subscribe so you can join our very special community and never miss an episode. I'm your host, Lisa. I'm a cosmetics marketer. And as you've already heard from our lovely intro, today we will be talking about the glittery wonderful world that is korean dramas and tv and of course we'll be looking you know we'll be relating it back to skin and to beauty um by exploring the magical world that is product placements so to kick off this episode let me set the scene a little bit imagine you're casually watching a drama that your friend recommended to you or maybe it's a drama that you know everybody's been watching and you're like What's the hype all about? I need to find out. So you're innocently watching a drama when randomly and honestly, without much context, our leading lady whips out the Kahi Wrinkle Bounce Multi Balm and she applies it all over her cheeks, her lips, her neck. She ruffles her hair and off she goes on her way to meeting our leading men. But now, now she's 100.5% more confident thanks to the glow that the Jeju Original Oil gave her. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what my industry calls PPL, which stands for product placement. And today we will unpack how beauty products sneak their way into TV and whether or not they're actually effective as a way of marketing skincare and color cosmetics, or whether they're kind of awkwardly just butting into our plot. So grab yourself some popcorn and your favorite lippy and let's... Okay, let me give you a little bit of a quick trailer into today's episode because we have a lot going on. First of all, we will look at what exactly are product placement and we'll look at it from a cosmetics marketer's, you know, point of view, which is me. <laughs> um, and then we'll look at the different kind of like dimensions, if you will, like how exactly can we spot them? Are they even regulated? Who approves them? And then we'll find out, do they even work? We'll look at some numbers before we dive into three amazing K-dramas that come each with their own product placement and we'll see which of these product placements are you know some that we like to see or some that are extremely well done um one thing i found interesting when i did some research is that actually in korea like korean marketers they refer to product placement as kanjob kwangu which um loosely translates to indirect advertising advertising if you will which i found really interesting and um in a little bit we will see what exactly they mean with it being indirect, right? Because I'm pretty sure when I tell you indirect with product placements, a lot of you all will be like, yeah, they're not as indirect. They're pretty much in your face. Um, but let's see how exactly, you know, like I try to write a little bit of a definition for us that can help us, you know, to kind of like put put our thumb on them and say like this is a product placement and this is you know maybe just like a product that showed up in the show so i would define product placement as kind of like almost a marketing strategy um according to which two parties on one hand we have the showrunners or the show makers um in our case you know on the other hand there's the other party that is um the beauty brand and they both agree to this 
mutually, hopefully, mutually beneficial partnership in which the brand get exposure, gets exposure to a certain target group. Think, for example, like a broad group of people that share like the same age and maybe the same interests. And then on the other hand, the showrunners, they get funding, think money right? They get funding in exchange for granting the beauty brand airtime on their show. And especially in the Korean TV landscape, such partnerships, they're very often influenced or even determined by pre-existing contracts that, you know, actors or actresses have with beauty brands. And we will have multiple examples about that. One thing I found really interesting, and I dove kind of deep into it, is when when showrunners decide that, oh, we want to have a certain, you know, product placed here, we want to have this certain, you know, highlighter or this eyeshadow or this lipstick or this cream on our show, they actually look at different ways to do that. And you tell me what you think, you know, you can send in a voice note to the show. It's a pretty cool feature. If you're listening on Spotify, you just scroll all the way to the very bottom of the page. And there's a feature where you can send in a, you know, a voice note. And I would love to hear from any of y'all what you think about that. But um, when I looked at that kind of like Korean marketing catalogs and how it's generally described, there are these three dimensions. From my experience, I don't really know the second dimension, but let's look at the first one. So the first one is very straightforward. It's just called visual dimension. And this essentially just refers to how the brand appears on screen and in, you know, these marketing Bibles in Korea, it's also just called screen placement. And the screen placement, of course, it can have different degrees um, depending on kind of like you know, how often the product is shown like on the screen, right? Um, also, the style of the camera shot, you know, of the product. That's like another thing. So the DP, which is the director of photography, and then also the camera operator on set, they really have to keep in mind how long do we want the product to appear? Because if you don't show it long enough, you know, you don't really realize that it's a product placement. Maybe sometimes, you know, if a product placement is really obnoxious and you're like, oh my God, they for example, like, I mean, you know, I don't think I have to give examples because I'm pretty sure if you're watching dramas or even TV, you know, that's, that's, that doesn't come like TV productions that don't come, you know, from Korea, you very well know these placements, you know, that are kind of like really badly done today. We're looking at beauty ones, but for example, in Korea, like, I think the most obnoxious ones are always like the subway ones. You're like, no, (laughs) this is not true. (laughs) Not everybody eats at Subway, and especially not if it's a date, you know. Um, but I, I think, like, obviously for these product placements, like, I'm pretty sure you would rather want them to just, you know, oh, my God, to just, like, get off the screen and have way less visual dimension. But, you know, if we're thinking about our beloved beauty products, of course, they really have to keep in mind, like, if it's, especially if it's, like, a tiny jar and you just show it for, like, three seconds, it's really hard to kind of, like, for people to realize, you know, that that's something that maybe, you know, maybe we should pay attention to. Maybe it's, like, a cool cream, you know, that we would like to try out. The second dimension, and you let me know whether you have seen that, because I personally, I've only seen it in the third example I would give today, but that's the only one, and it's a very special example of product play. And we'll find out later. Um, It's called the auditory dimension. And it's also described as the script placement. So we have screen placement and then we have script placement. And it refers to, you know, I mean, it's very clear. It's like actresses or actors mentioning the brand in a dialogue. 
And I know it sounds it sounds hideous, but according to a study by a researcher by the name of Russell from 2002, they actually identified that the auditory placement, um, you know, that it was like very well recall, like recalled by people. So people even remembered like brands more when they just heard the name, you know, and when, when they didn't even see the product. To me, I don't know what you feel, but to me personally, like that's the most staged thing. You know, it's like mentioning a brand, like it's like, ah, because it almost like reeks, like it really stands out at us, you know? And I think like for product placements to not bother us, um, we kind of need the third dimension. And that's the plot connection dimension. This is what like marketers in Korea and also, you know, not just in Korea, also in the States, but today our focus is on Korea because we're talking about K-beauty, but this dimension refers to like kind of the integration of the brand placement in the storyline of the film. Think for example, connecting the beauty product that we see with the plot. There's another study, I looked at a bunch of studies, but there's another study by Brennan Dubas and Babin from 1999. It's a, it, it, it's a bit ago, but still, I, I found it was interesting that they showed that, um, the more in kind of like the middle of a TV show, a product placement was done. So let's just say you have, I don't even know, you know, 12 episodes and you do it in the sixth episode. Um, the more he did it in the center of the story, the better people remembered, which I just found very baffling. And I tried to find explanations for, they didn't really, you know, elaborate on it. And, you know, I didn't really know why that was either, but I found it really interesting. And then they also revealed that, um, and that's really interesting one I thought. Um, it's like another study, again, by the researcher uh, of the name Russell from 2002, where they revealed that kind of like how well the brand and the plot of the show interact. So how well they're connected, you know, if, is it obnoxious? Or is it like really well done? Um, the better you will remember it. Um, so it's not just like where we place, you know, the like our ad, but it's also like, you know, like, like how much effort did the writers put in, you know, to like making it not an ad, but kind of like making it feel very organic, making like, it doesn't really distract you. That's like the best way I think to describe it. Like it doesn't really distract your flow, like, you know, and you don't mind it. Um, and I like, now comes a whole introduction kind of like, I want to tell you a little bit about like the, the three dramas that I have for you um, later on, but I broke them up essentially in different categories. So we want, we have an example for color cosmetics in my industry. That's just like the code word for makeup. Um, that's specifically where we have a product placement where we specifically market towards women. And then we have an example where it's color cosmetics and skincare marketed specifically towards men. And then we have a third example, and that's a very special example where it's skincare that's marketed towards women and men. And I also categorize them in kind of like a very classic PBL example, a best practice example, and then kind of like the next level example that really shows you like how far a brand can go with placement. Um, I, you know, I mentioned Subway jokingly, but I didn't choose any like cringe or bad examples of, you know, product placements because I feel like we've all been there. We've all seen them, you know, it's not really that fun to talk about them. And a little disclaimer, we will have a brand that is not Korean. You will know this brand. It's a very famous one. It's like a heritage luxury brand um, from France. 
by now you probably know which one I'm talking about. But um, the product range we'll talk about, it was actually first launched um, in Korea. But before we do that, um, let's take a quick break and then let's look at, you know, do they even work before we jump into some examples? So I'll be right back. Hello, we're back. And let's take a look at how we can spot product placement is actually it's not a big science. It's fairly simple, but, you know, unless they're not very clunky and obvious, you know, and, you know, you don't feel that it's like an awkward ad interrupting and maybe you're not sure, you know, maybe you've seen like a product pop up multiple times. You're like, hmm, is this a product placement or, you know, is it not? Maybe it's just like, you know. A product that popped up in the show but usually when you turn like when you start watching um, an episode on netflix um, at the beginning of the show it's a very quick disclaimer it usually says this program contains product placements um, and usually it's plural you know because usually it's not just one product placement but a show can have um, multiple product placements that's basically it um, unless you know you don't have the slogan then you know it could also be that it's a product that pops up and it's unpaid but usually for dramas you have um, this disclaimer quite often because there are certain regulations that kind of like do not allow that brands are shown that aren't really like part of sponsoring the show let's look at whether they actually work or are they just like a waste of money you know and you know people don't buy the beauty products then but according to a media research article from 2014 that article actually explored 20 years of research when it comes to product placements in movie television and even in video video games um was published in the journal of economic and social study as studies as always um you know all the things mentioned will be in the show notes in case you want to read up on that but this whole practice of placing products as tokens in a show was first seen in the mid 1890s so that's kind of like a long time ago and then media professors they became more and more interested in the subject in the 1980s following the release of a huge blockbuster that i'm very sure the majority of you have seen it um i grew up with it i was terrified you know of it but it's et from 1982 and according to data from the company hershey you know it's a chocolate company hershey experienced a 66 percent increase in sales of their reese's pieces candy as a result of the product placement in the film that to me was mind-blowing i didn't even know that these numbers existed i mean you know i know the average numbers of product placements you know based on just me working in advertising but this was this was quite an impressive increase in sales um that i've seen so far obviously as a marketer myself i will say that if you have a product placement and especially if it's a beauty product placement and it's done well and people respond to it it's gold because when your product like harmonizes with the audience and it doesn't annoy people you know and people might even you know maybe you've been there you're like this looks amazing i want to try out this cream i want to try out the kahi multi bomb whatever it is um the chance is pretty high that you end up buying it and you've probably noticed that even if you don't buy the product it happens a lot especially in the skincare area and i can attest to this myself that either we get kind of curious about the product or even if we don't get curious you are very likely to experience something that we as marketers call brand recognition or brand memory. This is how it works. So when we're purchasing a beauty product, 
I'm going to take beauty products as an example now because this is, you know, our topic. Let's just say in our case, it's a skincare product. And according to research by two research by two researchers, Belk and Belk from 2003, what our brain does in the moment, like once we've decided we're purchasing a new product, is a process called information search, where we're kind of like trying to recall, and that their process is often subconsciously. We're trying to recall past experiences or even just awareness about brands when we see different brands in front of us. And guess what happens when we see a product that we kind of like recall from a show, whether intentionally or not, it feels familiar to our brain. And our brain really likes things that feel familiar. And most of us will feel drawn to products that they have some degree of fam familiarity with. Let's look at an example that did this extremely well. It's kind of like the example for product placements. I had multiple, I had um, a very, very German brand um, even talk to me about this example. And they were like, oh my God, this brand did it so well. And I was like, they surely did. So as in the beginning of our show, I'm pretty sure you recognize it. We had a sound clip of Extraordinary Attorney Wu and in that show, we had a product placement by a brand called Kahi. The product is the Multibomb. And in 2001, actually, the searches for this very product, the full name is the Wrinkle Bounce Multibomb, went from 100,000 to, let me take a break because this is like quite an impressive number, to 12 million in just a year. And more than 10 million of this stick, it looks like a big chapstick, if you haven't seen it yet, have been sold as of, you know, February of last year. Um, the marketing director, Jake G, she was interviewed by um, Allure in an interview of last year. And they were saying that a big part of their success, aside, of course, that they had an innovative product, was the product placement. Um, Right now, Kahi still remains one of the top search skincare brands on Naver, which is kind of like Korea's search engine. And let's look at kind of like all the other things that helped them and how it worked together with the product placement. So Kahi was launched in 2020 and the kind of like they booked a product placement because these deals, they're always done in advance and the drama became a hit. The drama that they booked one of their first placement on placements on is called King, the eternal monarch. And at the time COVID-19, like the numbers started escalating and that product became really, really, really just like the product for people because it allowed you to reapply, you know, a nice layer of moisturizer, a nice layer of care without touching your face, without touching your lips. So it's like this touchless application that was just trending like crazy because people wanted something that was safe, that was hygienic, right? And it's very interesting because you, um, if we look at it, the pandemic did not play a role at all in the product development because of course, product development starts, you know, months and months and year in, years in advance. And the marketing team in the Allure article, um, they said that, you know, like, Obviously, the, the pandemic had no influence. So it was just, you know, the right product at the right time, which is always like an amazing thing as a company, because we all know, especially when it comes to skincare, it is such, and especially when we look at Korea, it is such a 
fiercely competitive market. So it's just really beautiful to see that all this research and all this love that was put into this product um, paid off, even if it was in such a dark time. You know, that was like the very, very beginning of the pandemic with just so much grief and so much pain. Um, the product placement not only made Kahi extremely famous, not only domestically within Korea, but also internationally, um, and it boosted sales, as we've seen in the, you know, in the beginning examples, but it even allowed a beauty brand to venture into territory that <laughs> also for me, just beautifully stretches the imagination of what a product placement can be. So very recently, Kahi has actually been actively pushing their product to more overseas exposure. Um, we have seen the Kahi Multibomb make appearances and videos by Doja Cat and Lil Nas X. So I'm really excited for them. I think it's a beautiful crossover and it's just, you know, really beautiful to see that, you know, skincare can be in, you know, in all sorts of areas. So I thought that was a huge success and I was really, really, really happy for them. Let's take a quick break and then we will look at how the heck is product placement even regulated before we look at our first full drama. <laughs> all right, so you will actually be surprised to find out the product placements, especially in South Korea, are really like heavily restricted and regulated. I looked at the South Korean Broadcasting Act, specifically at Article 73. It's linked in the show notes in case you want to look at the Broadcasting Act. But according to this act, broadcasting stations, they censor any brand names and logos that aren't officially associated with the show, meaning that don't have an official contract saying you can use the logo in the show. And you can always tell if it's, you know, associated or not by looking at if something is blurred out. So sometimes you will see a brand, especially with car brands, it happens a lot. Whenever it's blurred out, it means there is no contract between that brand and the showrunners. And apparently there are oddly specific product placement regulations in Korea. I don't want to bore you with all of these because I think there was a list with like 15 points, but I, I picked my top three, which um, according to Creative, um, you know, by the way, this list is from Creative and the, um, the blog article will be linked in the show notes as well. So the first that I really loved was that the, and I quote, the size of the product and or brand name cannot exceed one fourth of the screen. If it is mobile media, then cannot exceed one third of the screen. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I guess it makes sense, right? Because, you know, I, I mean, clients can be pretty intense. I know this from experience. And I could imagine that, you know, probably to us, you know, it, it probably seems a bit wild. But then if we think about clients and, you know, about sometimes the demands that they have i could imagine that maybe a client is like i want my product to plaster the entirety of the screen which you know obviously you can do so i guess there's a reason for <laughs> for this regulation the next one which i also find very enjoyable is that um 
appearances of the product and or of the beauty brand cannot exceed 1.5% of the runtime of the program. You know, I kind of have to laugh a bit at these regulations, obviously, you know, they're very serious. Um, you know, I'm not making fun of them. But I always love when it's like very specific is like exactly 1.5%, um, which I guess makes time, you know, because again, maybe some clients would really go overboard and would say, Oh, you know, we want five minutes of our product to just, you know, make a great appearance. And then the last one, which I really enjoyed is an at that I thought was interesting because you know how we had the auditory dimension in the beginning and how I said I have never really seen it on a drama and you know unless in the third example that I will mention in a hot minute the third kind of like regulation was that the name of the product and other brand cannot directly or indirectly said and I think that makes a lot of sense I've definitely seen it more in um TV shows, I think, like produced in the United States where brand names definitely are said um, and where sometimes it's also like a pop cultural thing, but I haven't seen it in a lot of K-dramas. So I thought that was kind of interesting how there was like a discrepancy between these two points. I am so excited to show you our very first drama. So the first drama, we will look at how is makeup marketed towards men? And the brand that we're talking about, Drumroll, you might already know, is the very famous high-end luxury brand from France, which is Chanel. And the drama that we are looking at is called Touch Your Heart. Um, it's a 2019 drama produced by TVN starring Yi Dong-wook and Yo Ina. Um, I really hope you know these two actors because if you don't, please, please, please watch this drama. It's I, it's crazy because both of these are my favorite actors at the moment and having them um, starring in a drama together is actually like was so beautiful to me. And it's it, it's it's an amazing drama. I will walk you through the plot. Um, so according, you know, the, the plot is kind of like we have a famous <laughs> actress that is notorious for not being the best actress, right? And she gets caught in a scandal with the son of a rich, rich family, think like Cheboy family. And her, her career is going, you know, is going down the gutter, is not going well. And she looks for one last hope to kind of like get back on the screen and lend, you know, another role. And the script that she gets is a script for playing a secretary in a drama written by a very famous screenwriter. So she really, really wants to play it. But the secretary she is supposed to play is working at a law office. And the director really doesn't trust in her acting skills. So he's like, okay, you should take an internship at an actual law firm um, because maybe you will learn you know, from the environment, how to then act better. And that's how she meets our leading man, Yirang Wook. And this, um, it also, like, I really enjoyed it because in this drama, I picked it as an example for product placement because throughout the show, not just in one scene, but throughout the show, our leading lady, she's... <laughs> like awkwardly reenacting um, her former advertising gigs, you know, in front of her attorney, in front of our leading men. Um, for example, like she picks up her laptop. She's like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> LG, I used to make an ad. And then like she reenacts the ad and it's like, it's it's super funny. And it's just like, you know, kind of like poking fun at like her career is declining, is declining. And she's like, no, you know, I'm still known for this advertisement. And it's just really beautifully played. Back in 2018, 
let's have a look at the product placement in um, in question. So back in 2018, Nidang he was actually the face of Boy de Chanel. And this was, or still is, a collection by Chanel. And as per the brand's house tagline, which I just love, it's beauty is a matter of style. The Boy de Chanel collection is made, is kind of like, made for a man that like, you know, cares for their appearance. And it it comes with three products. It's two color cosmetics products, which is a brow pencil and a foundation, which comes with multiple shades. And then it's also a skincare item, which is a clear lip balm. It's called the Met Moisturizing Lip Balm. It's supposed to nourish your lips and, you know, make them really soft and kissable, I guess, without leaving them shiny, right? because some boys, they get really self-conscious when it's like overly shiny. So this product placement, I would categorize it as a classic, a very classic, um, very well done, you know, example of product placement. But let's go back to the whole launch of the line. So the the launch of Boy de Chanel was in 2018, and it was the very first makeup line for men by Chanel. And interestingly, the release of the collection was first, um, you know, realized in South Korea. According to a Forbes article, it's linked in the show notes in case you want to check it out. Christine Kim, she was back then the PR and communications manager for Chanel. She explained kind of like the inspiration be, be behind this whole like makeup line for men. And I quote, for Chanel... Beauty is not a matter of gender, it is a matter of style. This new range allows men in their beauty routines to have the tools necessary to feel better about themselves. Moreover, men should be free to use makeup products to correct their appearance without calling into question their masculinity. Beautiful and so true. Now you might be wondering, or probably not wondering, but you might be wondering why did they launch a first in Korea? And there is a brand statement too, again by Miss Kim, and I quote, It is the country with the highest demand and advanced in terms of makeup routines for men. In fact, their beauty regimens are well developed, there with application of makeup products becoming more commonplace. And there was also another consumer analyst um, at a company called Global Data, they also add that, and I quote, according to a primary consumer survey, 75% of South Korean males claim to do a beauty grooming treatment at home um, once a week or more, compared to with just 38% in Chanel's home market, that is France. So I think that was a really smart move of Chanel to say, okay, let's launch in a market where it's actually more... Um, you know, readily accepted by by our target group, by men. And I think it's, it stands not only for the company, um, because you can be a huge company and if the line doesn't reach the right target audience, it can still flop, you know, even if you're very successful. But Boy de Chanel is still available. Chanel still sells it and it's still, you know, in pretty high demand. So I think it was a very smart move that they decided to launch in, in Korea first. Now, Let's look at our product placement. I'm going to explain what's happening and then I have a sound clip because, you know, it's just a really sweet moment. So the product placement is the following. Our, we see kind of like the office and in the office, our leading man, he has a little vanity lineup, you know. We see the whole Boy de Chanel range and our leading lady, she kind of like points at the lip balm, right? And she stutters and she says, oh, uh, 
is, is it lipstick? And then before letting her really finish, like he says, oh, no, 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 it's lip balm. It's lip balm. And then he proceeds to apply it, you know. And by the way, he's a really good lip balm, you know, applier. Because I don't know if you've seen these TikTok videos where, you know, it's always like men just like really like worthy, like, 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 you know, plucking up their lips when they're trying to apply lip balm. Lee Dong-wook does not do that. He knows how to apply lip balm in an aesthetically pleasing way. Um, but then all of a sudden, our leading lady says, hmm, my lips feel kind of dry too. And then he kind of like tries to offer her the lip balm, but she just kisses him, you know? So let me play the sound bite real quick. Lips. Ah, lip balm, lip balm. Ah. My lips are a little bit of a lip balm. I mean, yeah, talk about creating a swoon-worthy moment for real. But let's see, why did I say that this is a very classic, like, product placement? So first of all, you can't see this because, you know, podcast is like something auditory. But um, the products are presented, like, in a very addy look, right? So kind of looks staged. You know, the fact that it's, like, it's overly clean, you know, it does look like a Chanel ad, you know, all the products are lined up nice and clean. So it's, like, very perfect, you know? There's not a lot of wiggle room for, like, maybe there's, like you know something in the background it's like no this is like it feels like a little chanel ad right um but i will say that even you know it does have this like advertising look in that moment it is very well done and i tell you why so first of all you know i was swooning just listening to it and i remember watching it for the first time and i was like is really cute it's because it creates this very sweet moment that expresses not only our characters feelings you know towards each other and that makes it really swoon worthy but it's also it's very short and sweet right so it's a couple of seconds i mean i did cut a little bit of like the breaks in between but it's a very short and sweet segment and you don't want it to be long you know otherwise product placement can get really annoying as we all know but it plays really nicely with our character's personalities. So, for example, our leading lady, she, you know, in that moment, she's kind of like, you know, she's taking the lead. You know, she's kind of being sneaky. She's being flirty. And she's initiating the kiss. And it's very true to her character. That's how, how her character is portrayed throughout, like, the entirety of this series. And then our leading man's personality is also presented in a very nice way that's very consistent with his personality throughout the show and that you know he's kind of held back he's a little bit shy and you know he wants to offer her the lip balm but then you know her her character kind of like comes through so i think it's really well done because not only you know is it like maybe it's presented in a little bit of an old school way but what they did do going back to the dimensions we had in the beginning this plot connection dimension is done really well you know um, and then, you know, obviously we also have kind of like this, you know, when it's done nicely in a way, it's not really annoying. And then it's short and sweet is well done. We are already moving on to our second example. And that is, ooh, it's really exciting because it's the first time that I've seen this brand that I'm pretty sure some of y'all know presented in as a product placement. And that is 
Romand. Romand is a makeup brand. We'll dive into it in just a second. And the drama is called Once Upon a Small Town. And this product placement, I would kind of like describe as a best practice, a very, very kind of like unconventionally well done example of product placement. But first of all, about the drama. So Once Upon a Small Town is a 2022 drama that is starring, if you're into K-pop, it's starring Red Velvet's Park Soo-young also known as Joy. And the plot is actually, it's like, it's an adapted um, web novel by Park Hamin. And this is what I also found really interesting. And I tried to, you know, find kind of like out of the ordinary things for y'all because you're my specials. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it. Um, uh, it's a series that is produced by Kakao TV. I did not know that, you know, Kakao Talk, which is like the messaging app in Korea, that they also produce TV shows, which they do apparently. And it's a romantic comedy that shows our very successful, you know, Han ji -yoo. He's a veterinarian and he works in Seoul. He has his own practice. He's kind of like unexpectedly being thrown, being thrown into this very, you know, kind of like um, village. It's very rural. Life there is slower. And there he meets our local police officer, An Ja-yong, you know, our leading lady. And it's kind of like, it's super sneaky. And this is not a spoiler because it literally happens in like the first two minutes of the show. But he's actually tricked to come into to come to travel to this rural village because his um grandpa he had he's also a vet and he has a clinic there and he calls him and he's like oh my god things are not going well and he's like oh wow i think my grandpa you know is not in a good you know in good health so he rushes there in like the middle of the freaking night it's like pouring rain and then he gets there and the grandpa's like haha psych please take care of, of my vet clinic while, you know, I'm traveling the world with your grandma. She always wanted, you know, me to show her a little bit more. And we've lived, you know, in this village for quite some time. So now it's your turn. I'm sorry, but now you have to, <laughs> you have to run this clinic. It's actually like, I love how he just gets trolled, you know, um, the show, I think it's a bit underrated because I haven't a lot, I haven't heard a lot of people kind of like talk about it, but it was actually really performed really well. It was very well received it reached Netflix's global top 10 as one of the most watched non-English TV shows and it also reached Netflix's top 10 in 33 other countries um, so you know it did quite well and now let's look at the brand that you know created a very beautiful product placement for this beautiful show which is Romand who is you know who's the brand let's have a look so Romand was founded some people they credit her as the only creator but i did some research and there were other founders too so roman was founded with the input of beauty influencer min sarom she's commonly also known as Gecko, and she has a very popular neighbor beauty blog it will be linked in the show notes called Gecko's open studio um, she has a very impressive credentials. She has a degree in Western visual art from Inna University and is also known as a national certified colorist. Um, she is also the author of two best-selling beauty books and she's a frequent lecturer on personal color and makeup. So I think that was really interesting, especially when we look at Roman. Um, it's a brand that's all about colors and especially all about finding like the color that really brings out your natural beauty, your, your natural features. And 
you might have have you might have some Roman products already in your vanity. They're very well known for their lip tints, for their eyeshadow palettes, and they give this very elevated and yet natural look. The product placement is just it's wonderful, and you know why I love it because it's like it's one of the few product placements where it was actually like it was you know it had to you know our leading lady and then also the ex-girlfriend of her love interest and through you know certain circumstances they end up living in the same house and one morning they end up doing their makeup together it's a very organic scene they're wearing their pjs you know they're like back they're doing their makeup they're sharing a mirror and the ex-girlfriend she points out that our leading lady's makeup looks kind of like barely new bar barely used right like it looks really new and she kind of like asks her like oh do you mind if i borrow it and then she proceeds to help and also encourage her leading lady to use it as well um let me play you a quick sound clip <laughs> So yeah, what you just heard was kind of like part of the interaction between the two girls. And let me explain why I think that this is a very, very well done example of best practice product placement. So I think um, what is beautiful, first of all, is how it's just very well embedded in the storyline. So again, if we look at the different dimensions, we have this, you know, content and then the product connection. And then if we look at the visuals, I know you can't see it right now because it's a podcast, but I will, I will explain to you as best as I can. So all the Roman products, there are not staged, but they, they really look as if this could be her vanity. And it's kind of like, it's all placed in a little basket. We have the different palettes. We have some brushes. We have a compact. We have a cushion. And if you wouldn't know Roman as a brand, you wouldn't necessarily or not even immediately um, recognize that it is a product placement, that it's an ad, because we don't have like zoom ins on a logo. You know, we're not shown like Roman all the time, but it's really about this very organic interaction between the girls. And then what I also love is all the shots that we do have, we really see the girls like apply the makeup themselves. And I don't know about you, but with a lot of... Um, especially skincare and especially color cosmetics, makeup product placement. Um, we kind of see like the beginning, you know, you know, our, our female lead like barely brushing her cheek with a brush and then she's out and about and you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> the makeup artist did that, which is perfectly fine. You know, I think we're all aware, you know, this is, you know, make-believe, it's movie, it's TV, obviously, you know, um, a makeup artist will come in. But I think the more natural it is done, I think like really, if you let actresses or actors experiment with a product, really put it on, I think that's a great proof of concept for the beauty product, right? And especially in the Roman case, there are beautiful close-up shots, like we have this big mirror and we really see how the products work well. And I think that is kind of like the modern way of thinking, um, rather than trying to shove us down like the brand, you know? It's more about like, okay, show me, show me that the product works really well. And that's why, that's one of the reason why I was, reasons why I was so in awe by this product placement. Um, more points that I love about it is that we have um, 
this female companionship, you know, and at the same time, there's this rivalry, right? Because it's a romantic interest. So the products are kind of like very well embedded into the story because it's like, you know, one of the girls is like, oh, you know, I should look pretty. Um, you know, I'm seeing my ex-boyfriend. And then, you know, our leading lady who hasn't confessed her feelings yet, you know, she's kind of feeling like a bit jealous. Um, so I think it's like very well embedded in the story. And then another, and again, this is a proof of concept and Roman really outdid themselves with that is that it explores how transformative like color cosmetics can be right and changing your face and changing the perception because when our um, leading lady you know she wears kind of like i think it's a coral to um dark red shade of lipstick um more people pointed out and she gets kind of like self-conscious about it and again you know um they didn't they didn't have to show this right they also could have gone like the very classic route of product placement where we put on the product and we're you know 100 confident kind of like the corny example i mentioned in the beginning um but here we look at it through kind of like a critical lens you know you can feel self self-conscious a little bit if you put on makeup um and you don't always maybe wear this shade of lipstick even if it looks great um and what i also find very well done is like this whole um this whole idea of um we're applying makeup but we're putting together a very experienced makeup user who's the ex-girlfriend in this case and then kind of like um you know a beginner when it comes to putting on makeup which is our leading lady and it kind of shows because she just bought it but she hasn't really used it and i think that's a beautiful technique as well to kind of like have one girl teach the other apply makeup to each other it's just a really like a really smart move i think um and um yeah I think we are almost ready. No, I think we are ready. We are ready. I think let's move on to our next um, drama. But let me just let me just say from the bottom of my heart, please check out the show. You will not regret it. It's also really funny. Um, it's very well made. And if you if you don't know Roman yet, please check out some Roman products. You will not regret it. I um I also am one of the beginner makeup. <laughs> makeup users um but i recently got my first roman palette and um they have such subtle glitters they have really really stunning colors and even for me as a beginner um uh, i got it before the show but then i got really excited when i saw <laughs> when i saw the roman product placement but it is really easy as a beginner to to put on their product so there's that our next drama Our next drama is one that I'm currently watching. I think I'm about halfway through and I realized this is how this is how next level and how well this product placement was done. I didn't even realize it at first. And I work in the industry. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> that is well done. I also didn't know the brand. So that was, you know, probably why I didn't um, recognize it. But we're going to get into the brand. I did some research. Maybe you knew it. Maybe you know the brand. But the brand is called Clavu. And the drama of question is called She Would Never Know. Like I already said, it's a beautiful show. And this whole product placement, I would categorize as next level. It is it is absolutely it is absolutely mind-boggling to me the drama was released in 2021 by jtbc and it's starring Wan Jina and ro Woon. and it is actually also based like a lot of other dramas that we know on a webtoon called don't put on like a uh, senior don't put on that lipstick by elise and our plot and you maybe you already get a feel of why i like of, of why i got so excited about this is we have 
our female and our male lead, and they work at a cosmetics company called Clark Cosmetic. And in the drama, it is set up as if Clark Cosmetic is kind of like a smaller sub-brand under the real-life brand that really exists, you know, today, Clavu. So Clark Cosmetic and Clavu. Clark Cosmetic being the fake brand, Clavu being a real brand. And um, we have a similar situation here as we had with Ni Dong Wook and with um, Chanel. Because as we said there, Lee Dong-wook, he actually was um, the face of Chanel, right? So he um, he used to model for Chanel and he was one of like the first ambassadors. And in 2020, Ruwon, he actually was um, the drama's male lead and he was appointed as Klaus' global model. And he was their first ever male skincare model, which I thought was amazing. Um, and I'm not just realizing that I'm not sure if I mentioned that about... Um, about the the other drama with with uh, Wook, but um, yeah, he used to be the face of um, of uh, Boy de Chanel. So I'm sorry if I missed that. <laughs> if I missed that, but yeah, similar situation here with this drama. Um, a little bit about the brand story of Clavu. So Clavu is a skincare brand that originated in Korea, and it centers their whole collection around this marine pearl extract, and also then they have other marine plant essentials to kind of build these signature formulas their name was actually inspired by a swedish by two swedish words one kla for clear and then vu for view so a clear view um to quote soko glam's founder charlotte show she was doing a brand review in 2017 for the beauty blog the clock it's a very famous beauty blog She's saying, and I quote, Clavu is a brand that focuses on the power of natural pearl extracts for brightening and hydrating the skin. All of their products contain pearl, one of those time-tested skincare ingredients that have been used for centuries to brighten and hydrate the skin. And end of quote. <laughs> and um, they also, um, the Clavu also brought um, the Soko Glam's Best of K Beauty winner for their green pearl station tea tree care body spray. These names are getting longer and longer, I swear to God. But let's see why this is like a next level product placement. So not only is the whole entire plot of this drama set at a cosmetics company, Clavu, right? But I also picked this drama because not only do we have product placement, but the entire production, the entire production uh, of the show um, was sponsored by Clavu. So we don't just have Clavu products, you know, popping up and we don't just have the brand name being very, very present. Um, but yeah, we have, um, you know, we have them very heavily sponsoring this show. And I would describe this product placement also as next level, not only because, you know, we have this huge financial investment that Clavu made, um, but also because when we kind of think back to the beginning of this episode, um, we had the different dimensions, right? We had like visual, auditory, and then kind of like the plot connection dimension. We can see that all of these dimensions, they're realized in the drama. So for one, we do see the actual Clavu products pop up very casually, you know, sometimes we have like people just slapping on a face mask. Um, they never like sometimes um, also throughout the drama and um, we have that the brand name is mentioned, right? And it makes sense, you know, it's like Clavu, they work at this company. So it's not awkward, you know, it's not in the beginning where I said, oh my God, you know, I'm not a big fan of someone, you know, awkwardly saying, I love Coca-Cola, you know, <laughs> it's like, 
Nobody says that, please. Everybody says like, oh, you know, it tastes good. I love it, whatever. Um, but here it makes sense, right? Because it's like, it's the company, you know, you work there. Obviously, sometimes you would use the company name. Um, and then also the brand is so heavily connected um, to the plot because the whole universe of the show is set there, right? Because it is an offense, an office romance show. And we, you know, it kind of like gives even more exposure to the brand because for the, for the majority of the drama, um, we have the characters in this whole set, right? We have them there, we have them in acting and we have them ultimately falling in love. I'm like halfway through. I highly, highly recommend this drama. It is so well done. It has outstanding acting and I really think it's underrated. I mean, here's the thing. I had some of my Korean friends, like they talked very, very lovingly about this drama. And then a lot of my friends in, you know, like the US or Germany, they were like, what, like, what, like, what kind of drama are you watching at the moment? I was like, well, how, how do not a lot of people know about this drama, <laughs> don't know about this drama, but it is really well made so far. And again, I think this is like, a type of product placement that is so it really shows you um how far you can take it and how far you can go you know and um i also say it's next level because it is still well done you know it's not obnoxious because it's like they work at this cosmetics company so everything feels um very very organic i also recommend the show and that's why i kind of like wanted to have it as like the third and as the final example because it gives you a very good insight of what it's like working in the cosmetics industry as someone myself who works, you know, in, you know, cosmetics marketing, it's very true. This, this show depicts it in a very accurate way. Obviously, you know, sometimes it's a bit over, you know, like it's a bit over the top, but this is TV, you know, this is make-believe. But I think in general, the show gives a, gives a very good depiction of what it's like to work in skincare, to work in, in beauty. And also, you know, they even have this whole thing where they come up with new products. It is very relatable. And I think it's a very, very fun watch my lovely specials. I hope you enjoyed this episode so far. We still have our brand spotlight in case you're not tired about hearing about beauty brands yet. But I really, really hope that you enjoyed this little, you know, trip into the world of drama and how it all connects to beauty. Um, obviously, there's so many other topics that can be related to, you know, drama. Also, like the whole like creation of, um, you know, ideal and, and ideals in beauty. If you want me to talk more about this topic again, you can message me on Instagram and you can request topics or you can send a voice note to the show. I would love to hear from you. We will take a quick break and then we will head into our brand spotlight with a very exciting brand that I have researched for you. Hello everybody and welcome to today's brand spotlight. So in case you're new to the show or maybe you're like, what the heck is a brand spotlight? It is basically a space where I talk about beauty brands that are well-known in Korea, but that are lesser known outside of Korea. And that can have multiple reasons. One of the reason can be that sometimes a brand is doing really well, you know, nationally, and they don't have any desire to expand globally. And sometimes the reason can also be that it is really expensive, <laughs> you know, to like market globally. And some companies that also, they don't have, you know, big marketing budgets. And, you know, that sometimes leads to 
these brands that I have in the brand spotlight, just not having like, you know, the picture perfect Instagram that we're used to. Um, I always say, please be kind to the brands in the brand spotlight and please be open minded because I really want to expose your palette to something, you know, that's maybe not as, you know, picture perfect yet. Today's brand, though, it is, you know, no stranger to the word of to the world of social media and they are a fascinating brand and in case you don't know them yet they're really worth checking out um the majority of my korean friends they use um especially this one product um by them that i will tell you all about in a second but a lot of my friends who use K-Beauty but who don't live in Korea, they don't really know them that well. So let me introduce you to CNP Laboratory. It's a brand that was uh, first founded in 1996 and it has a clinic and also 1996 they had their first clinic in Yangjae and it is kind of like um, they recognize how important it is to have good you know, at home treatment after you come back from your in clinic treatment and a treatment that also like addresses the skin issues, you know, maybe even irritation and that kind of like you can use to keep up the 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 state of your skin when you left the skin clinic, right? And the founders of the CMP clinic, they started their own uh, product research and then they developed their very first um, products in 2000. So, you know, in the new millennium. Um, they describe themselves as a pharmaceutical level cosmetics line, and they have won a bunch of industry and then also consumer awards um, for their efficacy. And I think that's always a good sign if it's, you know, industry awards are amazing. But if the people say these products work, these products are great for my skin. Um, their brand ambassador is no other than IU. Um, and uh She's the one and only, aside from Olive Young, that CNP actually follows back on Instagram. So there's that. Um, and uh, CNP Laboratory Singapore, they had an ad featuring IU around 11 months ago for their, their two-step propolis professional care line. They have, they love the ingredient propolis. Um, you probably have had it in some of your products. Let's look at some of their branches. So first of all, we have the CNP Laser Clinic. Um, I thought they have a really cute tagline. Their tagline is gives plus factor to your skin. And then they had different pluses on their website. I thought it was kind of cute. They have a lot of clinics. So, you know, they have 24 clinics in Korea with a total of 50 practicing dermatologists and four of their branches in Seoul and in the Seoul metropolitan era area, you know, in like the bigger Seoul area because Seoul is a huge city. Um, so four of these branches have English speaking Steph, and these branches, if you want to take notes, they're the CNP branch in Sinchon, Myeongdong, Ilsan, and Yangjae. Yangjae being like the first clinic, right? So that was like the first clinic that they ever opened. Um, and they handle everything. They have online consultations. So if you kind of want to have a second opinion, you can book an online consultation. It's very convenient on their website. Um, 
And then you can also buy the products and you can come in uh, to the clinic to get a treatment. They have so many interesting treatments. I'm dying to go. Let me walk you through the ones that I found most interesting. So they focus on, or, you know, some of the things that I would like to point out, they have many more treatments are acne, lifting, poor and scar slash hyperpigmentation treatment. So for acne, they do a treatment called the light peel where they use glycolic acid for the acne post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation treatment. They have an electric ion to, I, uh, sorry, this is a hard word to pronounce for me. I'm not a native speaker. Let me give it another go. For the acne hyperpigmentation treatment, they have something called the electric ion to device. It's called, yes, it has a name. She has a name because she's, you know, complicated to pronounce. It's the Vitalonto and it's supposed to increase the permeation of vitamin C into your skin, which then helps to improve the appearance of, you know, hyperpigmentation. And then for lifting, they also had a very, very interesting treatment called the radio frequency tightening treatment. And that helps increase the collagen production and also helps to kind of like improve the lymph circulation. They it also does something called lipolysis, which is like when we see more of a face contouring effect, which I thought was beautiful. They have a lot of beauty bestsellers. Let me tell you some about those. So some of their bestsellers, and this is one that a lot of my Korean friends use, it's the anti-pore blackhead clear kit. Um, they also have the propolis energy ampule and the cleansing perfecta and toner protection sun SPF 42. I've seen multiple of my friends use these products. Um, three of these, two of these products, I kind of like want to point out first, there's the propolis treatment ampule essence. Um, it's 300 milliliters and it retails for about $38. It is supposed to nourish and really moisturize your skin and give it like a very soft and, you know, a soft glow and then also really deeply nourish the skin. It won an award in 2021. Um, and it also won another um, award um, by a different brand. So they have the Super Cosmetics Award and the Essence category that they also won. And it's, you know, I've tried multiple propolis products. I'm dying to, to, to try this because this actually has a significant amount of propolis in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, they also said this product is really good of kind of like energizing the skin back to, back to life. The, the second one, that's the one that like a lot of my friends use. It's the anti-pore blackhead clear kit. It's kind of like a nose strip, but it's like a bigger one. So you could cover a bigger area and it removes the blackheads and it's also like, it comes not only with the removal strip, which by the way, you should do on very rare occasions, but this one is a very gentle one. So I never had this experience where I was like, oh my God, I feel like I ripped my soul away with the strip. It was very gentle. And then it also comes, this whole kit comes with a soothing facial mask pack that you put on after. And I really feel like this mask pack, like that's, that, that's where kind of like, you know, the whole beauty in it lies. Um, and then this, this April, I like, I really want to try this, um, 
this cushion actually they are venturing now into cushion territory and they they launched the propolis ampule in radiant cushion it retails for 32 dollars, and they're saying it has a very light and a very thin texture and then also comes infused with you know the latest and the greatest that everybody loves with peptides yeah my specials i really really hope that you thoroughly enjoyed today's episode we have reached the end and i definitely need to drink something because i've talked a lot you can follow the skin special on instagram and on tiktok please if you have some time if you can find it in your heart i would really love a review it really helps me keep the show go going and it also helps other people just like you discover the skin special that being said i will see you on the episode and the week after next week, because the skin special is now a bi-weekly, bi-weekly podcast. I have to, you know, arrange things a bit with my work. A weekly was a bit demanding. So for now, we're a bi-weekly podcast, but I will see you the week after next week. And until then, please take really good care of your skin. Bye. Yeah, yeah.